Hey everybody, this is Pete and Chris. This is the Our Take Podcast, and in this episode, we're talking about photography. It's something that brought us together and hopefully will encourage you to get going with. I'm excited for this episode. Let's get started. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to plug our YouTube channel, The Art Take. We have two videos up there right now, one where we talk about two of our favorite photos and another one where we dive into some contact sheets that we have both shot. On our YouTube channel, we're going to try to do more visual art hangs as a complement to our audio podcast since a lot of the art that we like and like to do is visual. Um, that'll be a good outlet for us to show our stuff, show stuff we like and also share it with you and get your takes on it. Um, once again, that YouTube channel is The Art Take. Um, you can always email us at thearttake at gmail.com and our Instagram is similarly The Art Take. Okay, so photography. Um, I think what I wanna talk about to start off is how people take photographs. What do you think, Chris? There's so many ways. Yeah, when let's was, just let's just name a let's name let's name a few. Okay, like, just let's take turns. You first. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say DSLR, huge, Ooh. the big daddy, yeah, bigger than DSLR. medium format sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I'm gonna say pinhole cameras. There we That's go. Cool. Yeah. yeah um, eight by ten. Like I just, Ooh. I just. Yeah, know, we were talking about the, that. That today. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say. Um, I was about to say like no, um, 35 millimeter. I'll go okay. with. The tried and true. <laughs> um, so film, yeah, and then there's also uh, the new and in like the new and taking over the country is or the world is mirrorless, right? Yeah, mirrorless, mirrorless cameras. Is big. I'm gonna go for the big daddy, the camera that everybody has in their pockets currently. They might even be listening to this podcast on the same device, the all-in-one. The camera phone, the smartphone. I'm not going to say iPhone because I don't have an iPhone, <laughs> but <laughs> I know, I know like most people are thinking iPhone. I'm just going to say smartphone just to keep it, uh, you know, open. Yeah. I remember one Inclusive. of the first, one of the first, uh, like ways I like seriously got into like, well, not seriously, but one of the first things that like wa I wanted to do when I got my Motorola Razor. Mm -hmm. was take photos on it oh man like and it was usually just of like stupid things that my friends and i would be doing and i'd whip out the whoosh, the little razor yeah. and, then, and then take a little snap you know and nice. or, or cupcakes or something you know pictures of cupcakes yeah yeah pictures of oh, cupcakes yeah gotcha. very cool yeah and yeah. that was like a really really super fun thing to do i didn't i don't know why but i never like grew up with the uh I mean, I never took Polaroid photos or like disposable camera photos or anything like that when I was oh, for real? a teen. Yeah, I never, yeah, never did disposables any disposables were like my first experience with photography, and it was always like my parents or like my aunts and uncles, like you know, bring them on trips and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I definitely like channeled that when I first got into photography. Yeah, my parents were uh, Minolta heads, mm -hmm. <laughs> like my mom and dad always had a Minolta camera with them. Um, the they had, like an, X, they had an X700. Cameras. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had a Minolta X700, which I inherited. And they have like one of those Minolta like autofocus, like 600, 6,000. I don't know, whatever they are, you know? Yeah. Um, so cool. like whenever I thought of film, I thought that that was film, you know, like mm -hmm. I never really got into the, like the stuff, medium yeah. format or yeah, yeah none of that for stuff. sure well i mean the point of this whole segment is kind of like talking about like all the kinds of ways people can take pictures and all the tools people can take pictures with mm -hmm. um why is that kind of like a relevant thing that we want to talk about in our photography episode well because obviously photography for both of us is really near and dear to our hearts and both of us are really wanting to photograph the way we see the world or our experiences or the things that our you know family goes through and and, and stuff like that and mm -hmm. 
And it's really important to do that sort of stuff. And I just think it's, I think it's nice to talk about how you can take photos if yeah. you're wanting to get into photography simply because there's a lot of bias in the photography world. Yeah, let's release the stigma. Yeah. Let's eliminate it right here, right now. Exactly. For the entire world. <laughs> yeah, there is. There's a lot of like, oh, film looks better or mm -hmm. digital is technically more advanced. And both of those could be wrong and true. Yeah, even just like elitism within or between genres of photography, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of street people are like, this is the only way to take a street photo. And because it's like candid and I didn't pose it, it's better than that picture. Yeah, exactly. And that isn't always true. Yeah. So I think words of encouragement, we're going to sort of talk about what, maybe let's talk about what we like about each type of camera so that okay. maybe people will, you know, find inspiration and wanting to pick up. Yeah. Even, and I don't know, maybe like they look in their garage and their dad's or mom's old Nikon cool pics, the Ashton Kutcher camera is there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Take photos on that. Still, we didn't say, no. yeah, we didn't talk about like the, uh, the consumer base point and shoots. Those right. Are, those are clutch. Like those literally. Are, yeah. Like so small, like fanny pack sized. Exactly. They fit a function people. Yeah. And, and if my, that's your function, then take it out and do it. My, I, I was just at my parents' house. Um, I say just as if we are not in a six month pandemic, <laughs> but like last year, uh, around this time I was at my parents, house going through all of our old crap. And, uh, I found one of those, those little point and shoot digital cameras. I think it was like eight megapixels or something like that, but it had a Leica lens on it. <laughs> I mean, Panasonic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, it was a Panasonic actually. I yeah. think it was a Lumix with a they Leica like lens. A, yeah. It's like a, a partnership. Yeah. I'm not a nerd. I just know this. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about, right. let's talk about uh, the first, the big one, digital. You know, okay. what do we like about it? Why do, why should people pick up digital cameras? Instant. Instant. Right? Yeah. Shareable. Right. Mm -hmm. Pixels. Um, yeah. I think it's a great yeah. learning tool. Oh. It's a great way to learn how to take photos. Yeah. Here I am just saying words and you're like coming <laughs> in with the, the good thoughts. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Well, without like your learning. words, I wouldn't have had any good thoughts. <laughs> I'm a master of brainstorming. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about practice, right? Which was, what was that? Episode two? I think that was episode two. Yeah. yeah. And I think I went on record saying that um, if you're serious about street photography, you would not be shooting film. Did I say that on that episode? Well, you did now. So I remember saying that. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the deal. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, we're talking about digital photography in a practice sense. Instant yeah. feedback is something that you get with digital photography that you don't get with film photography. Um, and that is very crucial to learning quickly. And, um, you know, that's basically it. Like instant feedback shows you what you did wrong immediately. And you can also fix that in the moment. Yeah. And for, for me, I started shooting digital cameras, like right when I knew I was going to start getting into wanting to photograph seriously um, and make it like a passion. Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing I purchased was a digital camera, mostly because I didn't know that I had any film cameras to inherit from my parents. But um, I'm glad I did stick with digital first because I couldn't imagine I'm not the type of person to go out, take photos and jot down my settings yeah, or even say anything like the way in which you would learn how to photograph on film. I just probably wouldn't have the patience for or care to gotcha. do. Yeah. You know, I'm not about to like write down the film stock or how I developed it or yeah. it was at F8, uh, you know, or any of that stuff. Because mm -hmm. that means I have to bring a pen and pa paper with me. or And then you have to pad. wait all that time for your film to be developed and then still have that piece of paper that you wrote all that yeah. shit down on. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. I can't, yeah. you know, I would probably forget like, oh, what did I still now to this day? Like if you see a photo that I took and you're like, oh, what was that taken on? I have no clue other than probably the camera I took it on, you know? Yeah. But I even then it's, you know, it's yeah. still up in the air. And yeah, with digital, 
immediate. Right there. Didn't it's have anything the, to do with it's it. It's in the data of the photograph. I literally yeah. learned what F1.4 was or the difference between F1.4 and F22 was. Like that. On a digital camera? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know? you don't have to wait for the lab to get it back and like yeah. experiment. Yes, absolutely. It was like, And the oh. difference is depth of field. Yeah, or, depth of field. Like, yeah. why is 1.4 smaller than 22 yeah and what effect does it have on your pictures yeah because that's something i played around with for like literally three or four rolls yeah. in my camera like when i first got my my first camera and i was like what's the difference it like the needle like goes both yeah. ways it like works if i do this but also if i do this what's the difference and then yeah. i like googled it and found out but like yeah. also like seeing it is different yeah and the other thing that's really nice about picking up a digital camera if you're wanting to get into photography is they're usually going to have autofocus. And yeah, for me, lots of features. Yeah. For me, the autofocus taught me how to compose, you know, without even like taking photos. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, like, I had a, an Olympus digital camera, it was like a mirrorless camera. And like, I can put like the little focus, focusing box. I knew that I knew the term rule of thirds. Yeah. You know, and with that, that just means you have to put three things in your pictures, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> three cones. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so I would move that box in mm-hmm. the rule of thirds and the autofocus would focus in on that box. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, oh, I don't, oh, I don't like it in that area. Yeah. But then I would move the box and then I would move, you know, everything. Because there were like fixed focus points on your. Yeah, camera? I would have the oh, fixed focus wow. points and then and then I would like move and then it would autofocus mm-hmm. and I'll be like, Ooh, that looks better to my eye. Wow. And then I take a photo. I've never know? heard of that like method. That's super interesting. While we're on this vein of like technology and stuff like that, like autofocus, I think like a big deal with like digital cameras, especially modern ones is that they have like such like integrated capabilities and technologies. So like during quarantine, I've been doing a lot of work with my a seven, mostly doing like self portraits and it's pretty hard since I don't have any actual like Sony lenses. I just like mounted some of my like film lenses on it. Right. So like focus it, I have to like manually focus mm-hmm. and then stand back in the spot. Um, but instead of pressing like a timer on the camera, I have like an app on my phone where I can see through the viewfinder and press the button to release the shutter and stuff. And that's like, that's crazy that any phone can connect to the camera and you can use it like in a way that you literally cannot use most film cameras right why do you think people would want to shoot film if we're talking about like all these convenience things and having the ability to have a uh a google pixel in your pocket <laughs> <laughs> why why shoot film yeah i mean you're asking the right people Pete, yeah and you and me <laughs> um well what like I'm at a loss right now, actually. What's what's your first idea? Should I just start naming things again? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I, <laughs> okay. I need I need the brainstorm. <laughs> brainstorm. Yeah. Physicality, uh, patience, uh, carefulness of shots, um, process. Ah, uh, uh, I got it. All I right, got cool. It. <laughs> <laughs> this is working really well. We yeah. should do this every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris, what do you think about? Um, convenience making people lazy. Ooh, yeah. Well, as somebody who convenience has made me lazy in a lot of ways, um, I cherish the fact that I have to put a lot of work and time and patience into my film photography. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for me, I learned uh, exposure by putting my camera on manual and a, and a digital my digital camera on manual mm-hmm. um and i learned composition by using autofocus but if if you get comfortable and that's the problem with with everything like you know progression needs no comfort like you can't be comfortable because the, se- the second you're content is the second you're like done right is that like a you saying? Should, no, it's not a saying. You should coin that. What did you say? I don't remember. I'm writing that down. Progression. I don't know what you said. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> well, I already forgot. 
All right, we'll we'll listen back to this, and I'm yeah. gonna write it down. That was really good. Is Don't it like anybody no steal it. No. Nope. Yes, progression needs no comfort. Wow. Uh, well, All here's right. the thing. Here's the here's the thought process. Is like, if you if it, the second you're content with something, is the the second you stop progressing, right? Yes. And well, so I, I wouldn't say absolutely, but well, yeah, absolutely, obviously, let's not use that absolutely. as a premise. As yeah. a premise, yeah. So with digital photography, it gets a lot of bad rep because yeah, you could literally just point and shoot, right? You can just take a thousand photos and the camera will absolutely, if you have a good one, figure out a lot of the legwork for you. Yeah. Take the photo for you. Mm -hmm. It'll figure out what you need. Right. Yeah. Um, If you have a good one Um, and we're talking art here, right? It is called the. <laughs> this art is take. the art yeah. take, you know, where we take like because a joke half. is where we take the art, yeah. right? <laughs> it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. We steal but, the art. Yeah, we steal the art. That's yeah. so. If you let if you let some sort of, you know, computer take the photo for you, then is the computer making the art or are you making the art? Exactly. You know. Yeah. And so there's there's nothing wrong with shooting a digital camera, and if you take control of that digital camera, you can make art with it. Exactly. But if you are letting the camera take control of you, then you should shoot film. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. You should learn a little bit more about, you know, the the inner workings of the camera. Yeah. And so people might want to shoot film because of everything Chris said, slower process, um, I don't remember what else you said. Rewind. <laughs> yeah, just rewind. <laughs> um, but building on what you said, yeah, like film definitely has, um, it's closer to a manual experience if you want it. Um, but there are also like really advanced film cameras, like they're point and shoot film cameras. Um, they're like Canon SLRs that track your eye movement in the viewfinder. And Wait, that your is eye movement? Of, yeah, like within the viewfinder. Like when the, you put your the, eye up the to the... The photo takers. Are... Wow. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm not I, buying that camera. I'll tell you that right I now. kid you not. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but the point is, it's there. Um, and it is technology that if you want to use and can like sufficiently use it for your needs, you should, right? Um, but we're talking about film photography and we've talked about sort of like the manual process and learning it like sort of from the ground up like we're kind of talking about fundamentals right right and also Um, taking control of your vision yeah exactly you know um like a a big reason why i shoot like manual cameras is just that like if if i take a picture and the camera software messes up or i don't use it in the right way and it messes up then i'm mad at the camera right Mm -hmm. And that makes me not like the camera, whether or not I'm using it to its full potential. That's another story. That but, sounds like me in video games. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, no, that's not how, no. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if I'm shooting a manual camera and I mess up, I know it's because, oh, instead of shooting it at a 500th of a second, I should have shot it at 125th. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that mistake for me personally is more digestible than the tool I was using didn't do what I wanted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Um, you start like if, if like, yeah, maybe um, I would encourage or maybe hope people could go check out our YouTube channel and uh, we go over a contact sheet where Chris makes what could be a detrimental user error. Yeah. But it's, it turns out to be like a really nice learning uh experience experience and yeah label your your film right so you develop (laughs) it at the right speed (laughs) yeah that's the lesson i learned yeah do i do it every time no do i do it more times (laughs) than i did before probably yeah (laughs) um yeah so film photography we're talking about manual control we're talking about learning skills and like being in control of the process Um, A big thing with film photography is also like the process of getting from like a film canister to a print, right? Right. So film has the, like the original film process is negative, darkroom, physical print. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like all it was back in the old days. Right. And there, there isn't 
really an analogous process with digital. It's just kind of like digital file, computer, inkjet, laser jet, you know, like if, digital if people print, you know, I feel yes. like a lot of people like, maybe we can go, maybe that can be another episode, you know, it's like, oh yeah, printing. Do people print even, you know, or even physical media. Right? Yeah, physical media, physical yeah. art. Yeah. Because even like drawing, there's drawing tablets, there's illustration apps, there's like, there's like an app where you put in a picture and it makes like an illustration for you. And yeah. somebody told me about that and they were like, oh, you'd like this. And I was like, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> this goes against everything I stand for. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, oh, that, that could be a whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I think what we're talking about is like taking control of your art yeah. and it doesn't really matter what camera you use because I think... I wanted to talk about this film, um, the film or digital choice, because it's often being portrayed as a competition. Oh, like yeah. film versus digital. Yep. Down, down, down. You, you know, know what or, I blame? I blame the bipartisan political system of America. That's what I blame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's always one or the other. <laughs> there's no middle ground. Yeah, there's no middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, we're here that to could say... be an episode too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The art in bipartisan political systems. <laughs> so you got a donkey and an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, so I think, um, I think the the main point behind this topic is take take control of yeah. your art you know don't let don't let like the camera or the tool dictate how you shoot you or know? youtubers don't let youtubers yeah. or people with podcasts or your friends yeah. yeah like tell you what's good or not good just yeah. like follow your bliss like if you have like a way that you you want to try like just do it you yeah know? although i would say don't shoot hp5 not just kidding <laughs> You know, it really grinds my gears. <laughs> no, nah, uh, but film. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I um, anything else. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. It's all good. Yeah. That's and what then, I'm trying to say. Yeah. And then, so, you know, some people could then argue, well, you can learn how to take photos on film. You know, it's all about the slower process, right? Uh, yeah. But... I don't have that much money, nor yeah. do I care to like waste <laughs> film on learning, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's one thing if it's like something you're really into and that's like what kind of sustains your passion to practice and learn. But if it's not, then don't, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like find the way that works for you. And that's kind yeah. of like a thing we echo in a lot of these episodes is like, find what you want, like do something that's comfortable and within your means to do and like pursue that path and right. don't let people tell you what's good or what's bad. Exactly. Cool. So let's touch up on uh, what you were talking about earlier with the smartphones in your pocket. All right. Is you this, know? is this kind of like the current state of photography? In the yeah. World? Yeah. Right. Photography now. Photography now. <laughs> Democracy now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think, I think a lot of if if anything gets more of a bad reputation over film or digital, it's it's iPhone or Google Pixel or smartphone whatever. Smartphone there that's what they're yeah. called. It's smartphone photos, right? Yeah. Oh, that's just for Instagram influencers, right? That's yeah, just for like teenagers. That's just or for teenagers. Amateurs yeah. Just or... for amateurs whatever group yeah. of people that your your group of people dislikes yeah the smartphone is a mirrorless camera it is it's yeah. the most technologically advanced mirrorless camera that you can get yeah try to get your sony a7 to uh post to instagram or listen to podcasts i bet you can't no no <laughs> you can't even check your email on your sony a7 what's what's the use yeah that's what i'm saying <laughs> but i tell you what you can do with your smartphone you can take pictures and upload them to your, the platform of your choosing, whether it's Flickr, Instagram, uh, TikTok, 
Can you can you put pictures on TikTok? I don't uh, know. Maybe they have to be a thousand <laughs> photos within seven seconds on TikTok. Okay, so a video. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, um, yeah, that capability of phones taking pictures, recording video, and putting them online for everybody to see is massive. Like, especially yeah. during this pandemic time, during this period of, you know, fighting for social justice, it's, it's insane. Like yeah. literally a camera video, like started all of the, the social justice, like marches and right. protests that are happening to yeah. this day. Exactly. I think it's really, I think it's really important to understand just how powerful photography is from that. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It, you know, we could talk about, um, you know, mom and dads being able to take photos of, you know, their, their children growing up without having to buy a big ass camera with a, yeah. with a lens, you know, anymore. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe um, somebody got passionate about, you know, cooking because they are able to film it and put it on Instagram now, you know, mm-hmm. or make a YouTube channel or make or... a YouTube channel or anything like yeah, that. Exactly. But I think the thing that's most powerful to me and the thing that's like really important to me is um, I think Will Smith said it best, right. Is like racism isn't getting worse. It's just being filmed. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I think something like that is completely necessary. And it's like above all, above everything smart like uh film cameras digital cameras anything like that the ability to to photograph or video injustice is something that needs to happen you know yeah and it's literally changing the world yeah. like what we're talking about kind of is like the democratization the ubiquitousness of photography that smartphones and the internet have allowed um to happen in the world and like not even just in photography just in like your everyday life like anybody could be that person who is bird watching in new york at central park and they were threatened by the cops mm-hmm. and they could film that and you know start a whole thing like anybody could do that mm-hmm. it's not limited to a select few that the art community or the journalism community deems worthy of sharing stories, sharing their vision. It's literally like everybody has that platform. Um, And as long as, you know, what they're saying is true and like emotionally valid, it can gain traction and reach a wide audience. Yeah. And, you know, smartphones um, are different from let's just say conventional cameras. Yeah, like dedicated cameras. Dedicated cameras, yeah. Smartphones are different because they're available to people who can't afford a camera is what I'm trying to say. You know, and that to me, if we're uh, like political injustices and and social justice aside, that to me is a standout already. The fact that somebody who can't afford a dslr or an slr or film or anything like that if somebody if a kid or an adult wants to take photos like man i really i really like want to take a photo of this thing you know Mm -hmm. of of my dad or something like that they can do that with their camera phone exactly whereas before uh, a camera and maybe they never got to yeah keep a father a picture of their father or something like that before and even even if it wasn't like a priority, like taking photos, now that like our lives for better or worse are essentially like kind of funneled through the smartphone system, like our emails, our internet access, our social calls, our text messages, like all that stuff is like funneled through the cell phone. Like now there are like professional level cameras on a lot of those cell phones, you know? So it's kind of like a bundled deal with the technological landscape of the 21st century. Right. We could definitely talk about the negatives of having access to everything in our pockets. Yeah. Cause there are a bunch. 
but we're sticking with the positive. photography. We're sticking yeah. with the positive right now. And we're, we're sticking with photography too. Yes. And we're sticking with the, photography. Yes. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about um, why, Chris, then why do smartphone photographers get a bad reputation? You know, why is it considered not to be uh, actual photography? Well, I think it's part of the reason that everybody has it, right? If everybody kind of like, let me think of the right language for it. Like, you remember The Incredibles? Um, that was like a defining Pixar movie for my childhood. Really? Oh, yeah. Man. I think I saw <laughs> like it once and I was like, All right. oh my God. <laughs> well, okay. So the villain, his whole shtick was that he was not born with superpowers, but uh-huh. all his heroes were. And so he became evil. Um, to use technology to give everybody superpowers therefore nobody would be super so uh, that's like opposite legend of Korra season one <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah um so basically what i'm saying is that like if somebody is on the scene and just happens to have their camera and they take a picture and it goes on like a big news site as the the definitive picture for like a news publication like there are journalists and photographers who like use their skills for journalism that are losing jobs, you know, like people photography before was um, like a very like solid career path. You know, it was like a technical skill that you had to educate yourself on to be able to do. And the smartphone kind of, like we were saying before, like democratizes, it kind of like evens the playing field when this is kind of like a negative aspect of that. So Mm -hmm. right after you said, we're going to focus on the positives, here I come with the negative. No, it's valid though. You know, (laughs) it's valid. We're we're working out why cell phone photography gets a bad reputation. Yeah. And And I don't think there's like a, a definitive, like right answer to like cell phone photography or if it's good or bad but we definitely want to like remove the stigma for people who are trying to pick it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Or use it as sort of a gateway into photography because there are like art, fine art photographers who use cell phones as their main camera. Are you familiar with uh, Rochelle Mendez? No. She's um, an LA based photographer that takes all of her photos on a cell phone mm-hmm. and they're these like crazy minimalist like compositions of like mostly architecture um usually like a really great color palette and she's like been published and had art showings and stuff like that just with her smartphone cameras yeah that's great yeah yeah so i think i'm gonna have to go check her out because i never i've never heard of her i'll send it to you right now yeah i think it's just i think it's just interesting when when we're talking to the photography community and the photographer like the the world of photographers um i think iphones get a bad reputation because yeah like you said everybody has the ability to take a a photo Mm -hmm. and because of that nobody takes them seriously yeah it's not like a thing for serious photographers because serious photographers in the mind of you know the cult of photography have cameras right it's like an essential part of photography and it has been since the inception of photography right having a camera like a device that takes photographs Mm -hmm. and having a device that like that's a secondary feature is kind of like threatening to like the established norm of cameras that has been happening since like I don't know when did photography start like early 1900s is that right 1800s no I think uh I'm bad at history yeah I think it was like didn't wasn't there like a triceratops with the camera (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the dinosaurs did it before and then yeah no the triceratops with a monocle he had a monocle on too wouldn't that be kind of (laughs) cool it was definitely in France yeah I'm sure about that I'm back to factual standpoints. Yeah. Daguerreotypes. Yeah. That's something that That's Spanish, that right? Happened. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Shit. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, yeah, we're talking about 
smartphones in yeah. the photo community. And well, I think there's like, rap. I think there's also nothing wrong with, I mean, I'm, I'm from the camp that believes that access is everything, you know, access to education, important for the progression healthcare. of a community, healthcare. Yeah. Um, but if we're talking about art, if you want to get, uh, we're talking about photography specifically, if you want to get into photography, we just established earlier that a cell phone, a camera phone, smartphone is the, in most ways, the cheapest way to get into photography. Yeah, the most convenient. The most convenient. Uh, and I think any kid can start taking photos and be like, man, I kind of want to do this, you know? And then they grow up and they save their money or they get grants or any of that sort of stuff to buy a quote unquote real camera. Yeah. Or they just stick with their cell phone or they just stick with their cell phone. Learn how to make it work for them. Exactly. That person or that child had access and that's more important than anything, you know, in my eyes. So if you have any takes on smartphone photography versus regular camera photography or, you know, picking up a film camera or a digital camera, what you started with, what you prefer, um, email us at thearttake at gmail.com. Comment on one of our Instagram posts. Follow us on Instagram. Um, Check out our YouTube videos for our video hangs. Um, And that's about it. Now is the segment for when we usually do art recommendations. Yes, the art recommendations. Art recommendations. So, yes. Do you want to go first or should I? Yeah, I'll go first. And I'm going to also direct you guys to our YouTube channel because we're going to try something different for our next visual um, art take on the YouTube channel. For and it'll it'll be about my art recommendation that Chris had for me, right? So to review um, last episode, I recommended Pete, the uh, the duo of Alex Webb and Rebecca Norris Webb, who are a photography sort of writer, um, husband and wife combo. Um, and I had the hot take that I like Rebecca Norris Webb's work more than Alex Webb's work. And you can check out that video and see why and see some comparing and contrasting. And you also get an admission that we messed up the filming of a previous one but we're making something that will hopefully be just as good yeah yeah i forgot to <laughs> press record uh it's all right it's <laughs> it's got to happen in one in every podcast yeah once, exactly right? cool all right so after you check out i, I don't know how about after you listen to this episode uh go check out that video uh for rebecca norris webb and alex webb um cool. but my our recommendation to chris was the photography of Jamel Shabazz. And I, we've had a conversation already a little bit about what you enjoyed about his photos, but uh, yeah. What do you think, Chris? So I wrote down like a few things and what I did when I guess researching this art, t- art rec, because that's kind of what we do. We kind of like check it out, see what's good. Um, I, my process was watching sort of YouTube video interviews with Jamel Shabazz and like sort of like interviews about him from other people, Um, like people he's photographed, people in the photography community he was a part of that he worked with and stuff like that. Um, And I have a few points that struck me as somebody who consumes a lot of photography, makes photography. um, These are points that like stuck out. Um, The first one I have is his emphasis on the cultural aspect of documentation and as sort of a street photographer I'm not generally focused on sort of the history of people I'm more concerned with the moment like what's happening in front of my camera and how I can use that to kind of like put the spin that my view on humanity you know kind of dictates right Mm, yeah Um, and when I was looking at his work and hearing what he had to say about that about his work I really like felt that he wanted to emphasize um, the cultural history, like the rich history of people, like how they got to that point, what shaped them, like their family, their traditions and stuff like that. And also instilling them with 
like a certain amount of dignity that street portraiture a lot of times gets and a lot of times doesn't. Um, and I thought that was really striking because mm -hmm. a lot of his published photographs are just, just beautiful. And right. you can kind of feel how personal and comfortable the people that he's photographing are with Jamel, you mm -hmm. know? Um, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, I think when you have a photographer who is taking photographs of his community and his culture, um, it really stands out over somebody who is assigned to go take photos of a community or of a yeah. culture. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I said this in my in my uh in in in, in the last episode in the influences episode. Um, I talked about how I want to take photos of people. Well, Jamal Shabazz influenced me to take photos of my communities and and my friends and families. Families. I guess I have more, more than one family right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a loose uh, term. Yeah. Um, I want to take those photos because I want them to feel represented. And I want them to feel... Uh, seen yeah yeah seen or all their feelings are justified or or any of that sort of stuff and that is a direct influence from Jamal Shabazz and I probably I mean I didn't do I've I haven't done as like in-depth of a uh dive into Jamal Shabazz's history I just was able I I saw the photos many times I just saw those photos and I, I, I felt them and like, I can, I can see that they're well, like he was representing them completely and it felt yeah. legitimate and it felt real. And to me, that just made me feel like that's what I need to do. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's like an inspiration. Yeah, right? or an exactly. Influence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It definitely changed. It changed everything about my portraiture, you know, yeah down to who I photographed or who I asked to do a photo session or who I said yes to, you know? Mm -hmm. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. The other thing I wrote down was that um, his street portraits feel very unposed and genuine. And you can kind of tell that he established like a real personal connection with the people he was photographing before, you know, like, instead or like before taking the picture and instead of just like walking up and being like hey you look cool can I take your picture you know which is something that um I think is incredibly important and like integral to his work and it definitely stems from the fact that he was a part of that community and he he lived in that community and he you know he was one of them exactly which kind of speaks to what you're saying yeah before. yeah um, and I have a question as my last thing, unless you have something to speak on about that, but it's kind of just like treading yeah. the same. Nah. Yeah. Okay. So um, do you think that like way of being that like way of relating to people in which they kind of like reveal themselves to you? I think like Joel Meyerowitz said something about that in like the Vivian Meyer documentary, where if you just watch, like people will kind of reveal themselves to you. But in this case, like Jamel Shabazz is like interacting with people and like coaxing out this revealing through just interpersonal reaction. Do you think that's like an inherent way of being or kind of a skill that you can learn? You know, I, I want to, I want to, I want to say it's, well, that's two different things, right? Like, I feel like that's, like the Vivian, the Vivian Meyer, Joe Amirovich thing is like, you know, being in the city and letting it come to you kind of deal. Yeah. I feel like that's just inherited. Yeah. You that's know, something I feel that like that's something that like. Not everybody can do. Not everybody can do, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and that I might feel that way because I I can't be that way, you know. 
like I have to like take the the Jamal Shabazz route you know mm-hmm. like I have to like it's not that I have to I want to yeah you know like I want to get to know somebody and then with the, with the ultimate form. goal of just getting to know somebody you know mm-hmm. and talking and having conversation and then and then taking a photo is secondary you know um but i think the being able to talk to people and getting them to open through conversation is something that can be learned and i also think it's something that needs to be learned in yeah. society <laughs> oh yeah you know? absolutely because there's this like constant fear of not talking to your neighbors or yeah you know fear of asking somebody if they you can take their photo you know maybe you're afraid of taking their photo because you inherently realize that just asking somebody for a photo is kind of kind of lame you know yeah and it's like i don't know it's just my my personal opinion right it's like maybe somebody feels that that nervousness because just asking somebody to take a photo is not as genuine as just wanting to talk to people yeah that's you know, an interesting take. I, like I think that that's, I, I don't know. But at the same time, there's a different type of photography that we're talking about here, you know? Yeah. You know, like we're talking about two different types of portraits or street mm-hmm. photography. I'm talking about like portraits where, you know, the person's posed and the person's looking at you and has the same emotions from the conversation we just had and stuff like that. And maybe he's just talking about the more candid style. Yeah, that's true. Which is both of them are very legitimate, you know? Yeah. But I think, I don't know. Like As of now, mm-hmm. my opinion is those are two different types of yeah. photography. I agree. But I would say that I'm more of a Vivian Meyer type than a Jamal Shabazz type. Mm-hmm. Where in like not necessarily in street portraiture, but just in taking pictures. Um, Like to me, like coming up to a stranger and like initiating that dialogue just feels like something that maybe is too intimate for that kind of relationship. But maybe that's like the push you need in order to break into that, you know? Yeah. So. And it doesn't always have to be like a, like a detailed conversation. Yeah. You know, it could just be like, hey, where'd you get that ice cream from? That's true. Oh, I got it from the person down the street. Oh man, that looked really cool. I kind of want some ice cream now too. <laughs> Is that vanilla? You know, it's I think it's cookies and cream. Oh man, I you know, blah blah. I know blah, what blah, you're blah, talking blah. about, right? You know, now. and then it's like it's like I'm oh picturing hey, something. Yeah, this looks really cool. Uh, is it cool if I take a photo? And yeah, okay, cool. It's like, nice. so did you say it was up the street? Yeah, it's up the street. Oh, cool. How much was it? Oh, cool. Yeah, where'd you go? Where are you, where are you, what are you up to today? Are you guys, you guys going around the corner? You going to the, you guys going to go hit up Times Square? No, I think I'm going to go to Bryant <laughs> Park instead. Yeah, I heard they have some really cool things. You know, it's just, yeah. it doesn't have to be like deep conversation. Yeah. It could just be that. Just regular people talk. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. Well, those are two different takes. Absolutely. I'm, and there's nothing wrong I'm glad. either way. There's exactly. nothing wrong with either way. I'm glad we don't agree here. Or yeah. like we have different <laughs> um, levels of comfort, maybe. Yes. Is the right yes. way to describe that. So for my recommendation. Um, next episode. For next episode, uh, which will be on gear. The topic will be, we'll be discussing gear. And the reason why I'm choosing this person for the art recommendation, he's another photographer and it kind of ties into both of these things and also goes against the, the Jamel Shabazz recommendation. Okay. Interesting. Um, I'm going to recommend Bill Cunningham. Bill Cunningham. Yes. Um, I recommend watching the documentary. I think you can probably find it on Amazon video. If not, then I'll just send it to you. Okay. But, um, before checking out his books or his photos, I'd recommend watching that documentary. Okay. And the reason why I recommend that to you is because 
he didn't give a shit about his gear at all. And in a way, I almost wonder if he gave a shit about photography, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And in like the tra- traditionalist sense or just in general? No, just in general. I don't really think he cared about photography. Interesting. Rather, I believe he cared about his passion, which was fashion. Oh. And photography was a tool that he used to essentially document fashion, his passion. Yeah. And share it. And, and share it. And, cool. And I Bill think Cunningham. like, yeah. And he's the opposite of Jamal Shabazz because he didn't give a shit about anybody he was taking a photograph of. Yeah. And he didn't even care about the composition of it. He just photographed people in Manhattan. Wearing clothes. Wearing clothes. And (laughs) it's kind of, honestly, it goes against literally what I just said about portrait session. Well, that's the thing. Like, (laughs) takes are personal, right? Yeah. And just because you have an opposite one doesn't make it less valid or mean that, you know, you make worse work or anything. Yeah. You just got to find what works for you, you know. Exactly. And what aligns with your... I would be terrified. I guess just on a final note, I would be terrified to take a portrait of somebody and not know anything about them. You know, like I would honestly feel like I was like, like exploiting or like exploiting or taking a part of them that they didn't mean to give me. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's, that's just me, you know, I got you. Cool. Um, so my art rec for you is just something I mentioned in today's episode, mm-hmm. Rochelle Mendez. I just right. sent you her Instagram profile. I'm excited to check that out, man. Yeah. It's like literally all cell phone work and it's perfect. Fantastic work. Yeah. So, um, if you all want to check out these art recs, feel free, email us at the at gmail.com. Tell us what you think about Bill Cunningham and Rochelle Mendez. And we will see you next time where the topic is gear. 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 Gear, life. Bro, yeah. <laughs> like a life. <laughs> all right, cool. See you all next time. All right. Bye, everybody.